This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan Joining me on the line now is Alison Cameron Alison how are you? I'm good thank you how are you? Good thanks so much for doing this interview You're welcome thanks for having me on It's great to speak to you so Alison for anyone listening do you want to just inform the people of Ireland where in the world you are right now? Yeah, so I'm in Belgrade, Serbia. Um, it's in the Balkan region, and it's actually one of my favorite cities in the world. I think it's one of the more undiscovered European capitals. It's great for food, for nightlife, and it's a very great budget destination. So if you don't have Belgrade on your bucket list already, I suggest adding it because it's one of my favorite places. Uh, yeah, no, I have to admit, like, there's a lot of places on my bucket list, but that, that probably wasn't one. I don't, I don't even think I've ever heard of it. Yeah, you know, I think Eastern Europe sort of um, gets overlooked quite a bit in the travel world. Um, but I, I'm a huge fan of the Eastern Europe region in general. And I just think that it's just really overlooked. There's so many beautiful like castles and like nature reserves and things that people just don't associate with the region that I'm always happy to spread the word. I'm sort of an evangelist for Eastern Europe. I think it's really uh, undervalued in the travel world. Yeah, no, definitely. So do you want to just list off a couple of the places that you've traveled to? Because I know that you, you've been traveling for a good amount of years now. Yeah, so I'm actually coming up on my three-year anniversary of traveling more or less full-time. Um, so I started my trip in Europe and Morocco. That was mostly a little bit of what Western Europe, Morocco, and then I went to Eastern Europe and traveled around the Balkans for quite a bit. I've traveled a lot throughout Central America and uh, Southeast Asia and um, also the Caucasus and uh, like uh, Northeastern Europe. So like the Baltics, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. And yeah, so I've been mostly focusing my travels on Europe because I prefer to travel overland on longer trips rather than doing um, short breaks just because my schedule allows for it. So I've I've covered quite a bit of ground. I think I've visited somewhere around 60 countries in the last, well, not all, like all together over my life, but um, not sure how many I've visited over the last three years. But yeah, I've covered quite a bit of ground. (laughs) Oh, wow, 60. And that's a huge amount. 
So what was it that first drew you to kind of just upping and leaving and taking on this traveling lifestyle? So I was living in New York City um, for almost 10 years. In the last five years of that, I was working as a teacher. So I had quite a bit of spare time to travel, spare money, not so much. But um, I would just use all the time that I had off to explore new destinations to the point where it was kind of madness. Like I would go somewhere for just three days and hop on a flight and come back in the morning and just go to work like first thing in the morning coming off a flight. So I was just obsessed with traveling. I would go wherever I could. And um, I was just realizing that I wasn't really happy with what my life was looking like in New York. Um, I didn't really see the trajectory for me. And I realized how much I love traveling. And I sort of just had a now or never moment where I sort of felt myself at a bit of a crossroads. And I decided to just take the path of exploring. Okay. I'm, I, that, that, that's a big move. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt like a very uh, impulsive decision at the time, but I think it was uh, a long time coming mentally. So um, it was just one of those things where I just kept falling in love with traveling the more and more I did it. And then when I saw sort of the opportunity present itself, I decided to take it. Yeah. And um, when you first started traveling, did you just kind of up and leave by yourself or did you start with someone? Oh, yeah. I mostly traveled with um, like friends. So I, I studied abroad in Prague and I did a lot of weekend trips. One of my first weekend trips was actually to Dublin. Um, and I traveled around just quite a bit in Europe with my boyfriend at the time or friends. And um, I didn't really start solo traveling until about three years ago, actually, I didn't, I would always find someone to come with me. I was very good at finding someone else to uh, tag along. Um, but when I decided to travel full time, not everyone can exactly agree to do that with you. And so then I sort of found myself um, traveling alone, sort of by, uh, just by coincidence, I suppose. And um, yeah, it was definitely a transition. It can be kind of uh, challenging at first, a little bit nerve wracking. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's super rewarding. Yeah, no, definitely. I can only imagine. So what was it like when you kind of started setting off by yourself? Did you, did you find it easy to meet people along the way? or? Yeah, definitely. I think what I would suggest for people who are new to traveling alone is it actually really helps to stay in hostels. Um, it's just a really easy way to meet travelers. There's always someone looking to start a conversation and it's just, it's nice if you want to go on your own. You don't really have any friends who are interested in making this specific trip with you or maybe don't have the means or the time. And it's just really easy to start a conversation with someone, find someone to explore the city with and uh, that sort of thing. So I definitely recommend staying in hostels as that was what I did for the majority of my first year or so of traveling. Um, and it really helped me to feel more comfortable. And eventually I started to feel... It's sort of like riding a bike with training wheels, I think. Staying in hostels, you find people who can sort of help you make the plunge into solo travel. And are there any specific countries that you'd recommend starting off in? I don't know, are some a little bit more solo traveler friendly than others? Yes, definitely. I would say Southeast Asia, the continent of uh, Asia, and particularly like Thailand and Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, that region, it's very easy for, for solo travelers. There's just a very established um, tourist trail. Um, 
the tourism is such a big industry that English is pretty widely spoken, especially if you're not like straying too far off the beaten path. And I would also say uh, most of Europe is really great for solo travel. Um, I got my, so where I first started solo traveling was in the Balkans. So like Albania, Serbia, Kosovo, um, Montenegro, Greece. I find that region actually really easy for solo traveling. And um, maybe I'm just biased because that's sort of where I got my solo travel, uh, my solo travel start but I find it a really great region because it's very budget friendly and travelers are just very easy to meet in these regions. Have you ever experienced hitchhiking in any of those regions? Yeah, I was hitchhiking a bit throughout Albania simply by virtue of the fact that, uh, the, well, when I was there about three years ago, the public transportation system was very uh, loosey goosey. Um, it was pretty much near impossible to find like the proper bus schedules. It's actually changed quite a bit. I just got back from there uh, a couple weeks ago, but um, yeah, just sort of by virtue of uh, needing to um, get from point A to point B and not being able to figure out where I was hitchhiking quite a bit around Albania. And I think it's actually a really great, really safe country for hitchhiking, at least in my experience. I'm not a super experienced hitchhiker I try to usually avoid it unless um, the situation kind of calls for it uh, but I think if you are into that um, it's a really great place to start it's so easy to get a ride people are so friendly do you have a favorite place you've been to or any kind of funny or crazy stories of places you've been to well speaking of uh, hitchhiking um, uh, just thinking once I was hitchhiking in Albania and this just goes to tell you um, how friendly the people are there um, I got picked up. We were trying to get to uh, Kosovo, but the bus just wasn't coming. I was with two other travelers at the time. We were trying to get from the small town in the north of Albania to another small town in Kosovo. And so it was just one of those routes that buses didn't really serve. And we were picked up by these two college kids and um, they didn't speak super great English. We obviously didn't speak Albanian, so there wasn't much talking we could do but uh they ended up we thought they were just driving us to their town on the border and then they kept going and they drove actually all the way into Kosovo all the way across the border dropped us off in our town which was about I don't know 30 minutes a whole hour round trip for them out of the way and just dropped us off and you know didn't expect a thing bought us like sodas shared their lunch with us and it was just a really wonderful moment of hospitality that um you wouldn't really find unless you uh you know, went off the beaten path a little bit and uh, opened your opened your mind a bit. Of course. Yeah, now I've actually just come back. Um, I was off last week because I did a week-long hitchhiking trip around Ireland. We did it for a mental health charity and we had no money. And I have to say at first, like when I thought the idea of hitchhiking, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But it really <laughs> does. Like, obviously there's certain risks. Like we, we, we right. can't kind of be silly about it, but... I have to say, I saw a different side to humanity, as you're saying, like people going out of their ways to drop you and buying you lunch. And it's amazing, isn't it? The people that you meet. It really is. And yeah, I definitely think that there are some safety concerns, you know, like you should always make sure that you have like a functioning SIM card so that you can call for help if the situation required it. And I do think it's best to travel, if you can manage it, it's best to travel with it. at least one other person just to sort of have someone else to sort of like check your gut with and just uh, have a little more confidence about it. And that's why I think staying in hostels is great because you can meet other people to do that with. But I think it's such a, uh, 
a wonderful way of getting to know people and putting a little bit of faith back into the world, you know, which is, you know, when you look at the news, it's pretty easy to get disheartened and doing something like hitchhiking or even just traveling in general, where you just, um, where you just sort of have to put your faith in humanity and let them take care of you a little bit because you're sort of out of your comfort zone. I think that's a very, uh, it's actually a very healing thing to do, I think, in the world. 100%. I was actually about to ask you about that because I, I was watching a TED Talks before. I don't know if you saw it. It's of this guy who talks about how he traveled the world with basically no money and he talks about hitchhiking and um, he tells it very like funnily. He talks about how before each country he goes into he'd be like so scared because of like the people would be warning them be warning him of like oh you know people here are fine but once you get over to the next place and he said that he (laughs) found that in like every country he went to yeah but each country was almost getting better in terms of how (laughs) amazing people were yeah that's very true for me living in the Balkans and traveling around here everyone is very suspicious of their neighbor due to sort of the political history of the region but you can't really listen to what people tell you because everything is from their own personal vantage point. And they have their reasons for feeling the way that they do. But you as a traveler, you know, everyone is going to treat you, you know, with an open mind because they don't really know anything about you. Yeah, no, definitely. A hundred percent. And for anyone who's listening in and is like, you know what, I would absolutely love to just up and leave and just spend the rest of my life traveling. <laughs> Are there any ways for people to make money whilst traveling? Oh, yeah, definitely. So when I started, I had quite a bit of savings saved up, but I was not super um, excited to use them. So I was doing freelance work. Um, So I was using the um, website upwork.com, which is just like an online freelancing portal, basically. And they help you connect with people who have various projects So I use just, I have general like writing and editing skills. Um, It's always just been like a strong point of mine. And so I was doing various like copywriting work for like Kickstarter campaigns and doing some like textbook editing, just some odd jobs along the way that would help me get some cash back in my wallet. And anywhere where I had decent internet, I would just uh, log in and do some work for a couple hours. And it was nice because it was, um, just work that I didn't have to do on anyone's schedule, just work that had to get done, you know, by X date. And so then I would just, you know, log in for a couple hours when I could and work. And then the rest of the time I would be exploring. And so I was doing that for probably about the first year of my travels. And I was running a blog, uh, simultaneously. And, um, of course the blog won't make you money, uh, in the short term. It takes I think it took me at least uh, a year and a half of running my blog. Oh, wow. Like run, yeah, and running my blog fairly consistently, like not doing it, just like spending at least, you know, 20 hours a week working on it and taking it quite seriously as a business. And so I actually just started another blog from scratch about a year ago. And I can tell you that it does take about one year to start seeing any consistent money off of it. So if anyone is thinking, oh, I'll just start a blog and start traveling, It's not so easy. You need to sort of have a plan for how you're going to supplement your income for the first year. But I would say after the first year, the potential for growth is um, really, really wonderful. And the sky is really the limit because you're your own boss and there's no salary schedule that you have to scale. You know, you can sort of set your own goals. And I really like that as an entrepreneur. So I would say um, you can also teach, you know, um, you can teach abroad. Uh, if you speak English, there's so many countries where people can 
where you can earn a ton of money to start traveling. I know a lot of people start um, teaching English in Korea and using that money to um, fund their travel. So they'll teach in Korea for one or two years, and then they can travel a world for another couple of years off of that income. There's also WorkAway, which is a program where you can work uh, about 25 hours a week. And in exchange, you won't get paid, but you will get um, free accommodation and usually meals or something similar. Some and some different. It depends on the position, but you can work as a hostel receptionist or work on a farm, and uh, you can save money. You won't necessarily earn money, but that's another thing that many people do. Okay, amazing. And Alison, if anyone wants to follow your travels, do you want to try any social media handles you have and the names of both your websites? Sure. So my main blog where I blog about my general travels is Eternal Arrival. And you can find me on all social media at Eternal Arrival. And then I also run another blog that's more specific to traveling in Eastern Europe and the Balkans. It's called SophiaAdventures.com. And you can find us on social media at all of those channels um, at Sophia Adventures. Amazing. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 